Good morning. Good to see you all this day. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We're glad that you found your way to us. It is uh, always a great day when we get to be together with God's good people. And it was a great evening on Wednesday night. We had our big chili cook-off. And uh, yeah, it was a wonderful evening. You'll see a little bit of the video uh, of that. We had, I think, 31 pots of chili. And we had about 200 or so people to sample all that chili. We had many, many rolls of Rolades and Tums available for those who uh, enjoyed it. But it was a great evening, and we had awards, and we had great fellowship. This place was just packed, and it was just such a great feel because, you know, for so long we haven't had the chance to be together, but we were gathered together, having fun, just enjoying catching up with people, enjoying some fellowship and uh, enjoying some really, really good food. So we're grateful for Mingy Brown and for the whole uh, staff for putting that together and allowing us the chance to enjoy a great evening of fellowship. So uh, just a couple of uh, announcements we want to bring to your attention. We are looking ahead to the Advent season. It seems hard to believe, but tomorrow's November the 1st, as we all well know. Of course, today's Halloween, and I love your costumes. I mean, they are really, really great, very creative. Uh, but uh, we will be looking forward to, uh, again, supporting the Angel Tree Project, which is uh, supporting the families that are under the support of the Salvation Army. You can go on our website, and you can sign up to support a family uh, to let them know that they are being thought of during this uh, Christmas time. We'll also be doing some bell ringing, and we would love to have you come and uh, bell ring with us for the Salvation Army, and that begins right after Thanksgiving. This coming Friday, November the 5th, is our today's service over in the chapel. It's a wonderful, meditative, beautifully reflective service, and we'd love to have you come and join us for that. Uh, Rise Against Hunger is coming up in 10 days, November the 10th. We will be gathered together at 7 o'clock uh, with all different generations, young and old, will be squeezed in together to do an amazing thing, which is to... Uh, compose 10,000 meals in the course of an hour uh, to make available to someone in the world, to people in the world who are in need of sustenance. So come and join us for that. Uh, looking ahead to next week, uh, it is daylight savings time. So go back one hour. You get an extra hour of sleep next Sunday, and uh, we would love to have you uh, do that, or else you'll just be here one hour early, and we'll be glad to have you here an hour early, too, so whatever works for you. And then uh, the following week, November the 14th, is our homecoming Sunday, big day in the life of our church, a chance for us to be gathered together, uh, to uh, be in fellowship, not unlike that chili cook-off, to be together in the campus, in, uh, in the campus courtyard underneath the tree, and it'll be a great chance for you to come home with us as we seek to invite all people to come home with us. And uh, let's just watch this video for a minute. It reminds us a little bit about that whole great theme of home uh, from our dear friend, Dr. Mickey Brown. 
The memories of my homes are climbing on mango trees and guava trees and picking ripened guava and throwing at my friends, especially the boys on their backs, and getting in trouble with my mother. <laughs> and waking up to the smell of my mother's coffee every morning and my father listening to BBC radio as he was sweeping around the house. And also some of my memories are singing hymns. My family worship, um, have family worship every evening after dinners. If I start singing, people would be crying, so I won't. First of all, lots of trees, just like where I grew up. The climate, as I said earlier, is very hot. It's actually only two degrees different from where I grew up, I mean Sarasota is. And the campus itself has lots of trees and lots of children, preschool and Sunday morning children. And most of all, we sing hymns, the same sort of hymns that I grew up singing in the evenings at home with my family. God of Grace, God of Glory is my favorite, one of my favorite hymns. It's, I don't even remember when was the first time I heard it. I must have been an infant. There are lots of people who are very kind and very willing to step out and help and eat together. You know, I'm an Asian and eating is our favorite spots. So Church of the Palms does a lot of fellowship and eating together. So we are truly a community. No, actually we are more like a family here. It's, it's a large church, over 2,000 people, but it feels like a home, a family of perhaps like 12 or 15 people. The culture is so warm and friendly, and I love that about Church of the Palms. Makes me feel at home. Well, I know that for all of you in one way or the other, this place feels like home, and you can imagine people that you haven't yet seen back from our COVID uh, time away. Uh, we may be thinking of them and maybe calling them or writing them a note and reminding them that we'd love to see them on November the 14th for our homecoming Sunday. I'd like to invite Connor Peters and Alex Fafaeus to come forward. Connor is our Director of Student and Family Ministry and Alex Fafaeus is uh, a, a giant. So, um. Good morning, church. Uh, the last Sunday of each month, I get the pleasure of just getting to share with you what our families and our students have been up to. Um, so I'll get to share with you all a little bit about what our children have been up to, and then Alex will get to share a little bit about what our middle and high schoolers have been up to this past month. Uh, so we kicked off October with a great event for our children. We had a family uh, fun night, which was uh, just a blast where we had a pumpkin patch, we carved pumpkins, we painted pumpkins. It was a great opportunity for our families and their children just to come out and spend time together. And that was really just quite enjoyable for our families and a great way to kick off fall. And then we also have been continuing our third grade uh, Bible class for our third graders. I believe it was the last Sunday in September, our third grade students received their very own Bibles. And this whole month, they have been spending time with Miss Carol, learning how to read through their Bibles, learning how to look things up, and learning what it means to read the Bible maybe a little differently than we might read other books. So that's been really exciting for them as well. And then all of our children in children's ministry have gotten to adopt these wonderful 
Bible buddies. And these Bible buddies are frogs. And thankfully, they're not real frogs. We are not sending our families home with live frogs or toads. We would not do that to our parents. But uh, they're these, these cute little stuffed animals that you see on the screen. And the children are committing to reading to their Bible buddy. Um, so they get an age-appropriate journal that will kind of guide them through reading different passages of Scripture, and their parents will help them, and they get to read to their Bible buddies. And so that is something all of our children have been able to partake in, and they are st- uh, Bible buddies are still being adopted, and there are still more to be adopted. So if you even have a grandchild um, that you would like to get involved with that, um, this would be a great opportunity for them to be introduced to maybe reading Scripture more, re- more regularly. And then we also have our homeless sleepover coming up, which is for our fourth and fifth graders. And that's something that we're super excited about. And it is going to be right in our courtyard. It is the Saturday night before Thanksgiving. The students are going to spend the night in the courtyard. We will have security here to make sure everybody stays safe um, as we do sleep outside under the stars. Uh, But that is an event, that is an educational event for our fourth and fifth graders to learn about what uh, homelessness might look like in Sarasota County specifically. And they'll get the opportunity to purchase supplies for different local families, and then they will uh, build their own little house that they will sleep in in the courtyard as well. So when we come in to church that Sunday morning before Thanksgiving, we'll see a whole town set up, so to speak, in our courtyard, and that will be really cool. So that's what's been going on with children's ministry. I'm going to let Alex share a little bit about what our students have been up to. Good morning. So we've got a lot of fun and exciting things happening in our uh, student ministry this past uh, few months. So the first thing is that we have a new game room in the Palm Center in PC12. And so in there we have like a ping pong table, a foosball table, some arcade style games. Uh, So that's been a lot of fun. And then this past month we had our fall retreat. So we took 19 middle and high school students to Stark, Florida. Uh, And there we kind of got to worship and have those discussions about how God is moving in our daily lives. Um, And then just my favorite part of that was the prayer walk that we did. It was just a great time to kind of reflect silently with God in nature. And then coming up on Wednesday, November 10th, is our annual Rise Against Hunger event, which is where we pack food uh, for families Um, And this year, we're trying to pack 15,000 meals, which might sound like a lot, but I know that if everyone in the congregation shows up, we can get there easily. So you can sign up on uh, the Family Ministry page of the Church of the Palms website, and it is completely free. So we'd love to see you all there. And that event is for everybody as well. So from the youngest to the oldest, they are welcome to join us. So at this time, thank you so much for letting us share with you this morning. Uh, We would love it if you would take a moment before we begin worship and you would just stand and being mindful of where everyone's at relating to COVID. You greet one another, maybe with a a polite wave or a handshake, Uh, but take a minute and say good morning to one another.
Rise to you while there's breath in my lungs. I will pray. 
praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I lift my eyes, I lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I lift my eyes, lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I cannot see you with my eyes, the faith will rise to you. When I cannot feel your hand in mine, the faith will rise to you. God of mercy and love, I will praise you, Lord. How you shine with glory, glory bright, I feel alive with you. In your presence now I come alive, I am alive with you. There is strength when I say, I will praise you, Lord. joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Sorrow comes my way, all the shit surround me. Always you remain, a courage in the fight. I hear you call my name. Jesus, I am coming, walking on the waves, reaching for your life. Joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my
skies of mercy rain down the cleansing flood healing waters rise around us hear our cries Lord let them rise and it's your kindness Lord Leads us to repentance. Your favor, Lord, is our desire. It's your beauty, Lord, that makes us stand in silence. Your love, your love is better than life. Turning our hearts back again Hear our praises Rise to heaven Draw us near, Lord Meet us here And it's your kindness, Lord Leads us to repentance Your favor, Lord Is our desire it's your beauty, Lord, that makes the stands in silence. Your love, your love, and it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Your favor, Lord, is our desire. It's your beauty, Lord. That makes us stand in silence Your love Your love Is better than morning. The kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. It also leads us to generosity. And I think when we're being really intentional, the way we spend our time and our resources reflects what we most desire, what we most value. And so if Church of the Palms and our shared ministry here is part of what that is for you, there are a number of ways you can support our ministry. They're on the screen now. There are baskets as you leave. And you can also respond in gratitude with your time and your talents. And you can speak to anyone on staff here, any of the pastors, if you want to explore the ways in which you can support our shared ministry here. And now, friends, we have an opportunity to pray for and with one another. Um, I'll invite Mike Runners to come up, if you could, and introduce yourselves, and then we will ask what we can be praying for and praising, offering praise for this morning. My name is Morgan Wilson. I'm a sophomore at Riverview High School. 
My name is Dale Morris, and I'm a senior at Riverview High School. Thank you, boys. What can we be praying for today? I'd like to ask for healing prayers for two neighbors, an old neighbor, Nancy, who has had a recurrence of an autoimmune disease, which is extremely dangerous and, of course, life-threatening. So please pray for her to heal. And my current neighbor fell on a last day of a trip to Asheville, North Carolina, and broke her femur. And now she has to have surgery. Well, she's had the surgery on that one. Now she has to have surgery on the other leg because apparently it's... A problem in both. So I'd like to ask for prayers for Joyce and for Nancy. Thank you, Sue. Lord, hear our prayers. What else can we pray for? I ask for continued prayers for my stepdaughter, Christina. She's now in palliative care with cancer. Lord, hear our prayers. What else can we pray for this morning? Okay. Joyce. I just want to ask for prayers for a really good friend of mine. Her son, Robbie, was in a bad car wreck. He's, thank the Lord that he's still alive. Um, he had to have one of his arms amputated and has a long road of recovery from that. Lord, hear our prayers. Yeah, I'd like to uh, have a prayer for a friend of the family. He was in a motor vehicle accident on his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. He was struck from behind, ejected, landed in the roadway, and he's in the hospital mm -hmm. with uh, numerous broken bones. What's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. Lord, hear our prayers. So much pain. Right? So much hurting. So we will pray together for healing and comfort. What else can we pray for today? Okay. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, your love is better than life, and we are uh, just overwhelmed uh, knowing that you are with us. You are with us in our suffering. You are with us in our pain. And we ask that you be close to those who are suffering and hurting and the people who love them today. We know you're there, God, and we just we would hope that their hearts would be open, that they might feel your loving embrace and feel comforted by it. We ask all this in your precious son Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Our scripture passage for today comes from the first chapter of Ruth, the only book in the Bible to be named after a foreign woman. Ruth is also one of only four women who are listed in the genealogy of Jesus, which you can find at the beginning of Matthew. The book of Ruth opens with a crisis, famine, displacement, barrenness, and death. Kind of like what we were praying about, huh? Oof, duh. Because of a famine, Naomi, her husband, and her two sons left their home in Bethlehem, and they traveled to Moab in search of food. For an Israelite audience, Moab, 
would have had negative moral and emotional overtones. It had incestuous beginnings, and most Israelite encounters with Moabites were either shameful or hostile. So while living in Moab, the sons married local women. Neither Ruth nor Orpah were able to have children, which we know was the key to economic stability for families. Over some time, Naomi's husband died, and then her two sons died. This is a bleak situation for women. Without a husband or a son, they are completely destitute in the socioeconomic framework of that time. So we pick up the story in verse 6. Hear now the word of God. Then Naomi started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then Naomi kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, Even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So Naomi said, See... Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. The second scripture passage comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked Jesus, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the word just read and the words to come, that they might point to you, the word made flesh, 
Jesus the Christ. Amen. Rabbi, tell me why I should go on living. Those words were spoken to Rabbi Harold Kushner many years ago. Surprisingly, they didn't come from a woman whose husband had died or who had left the marriage, or from one who was grieving the loss of a child or a meaningful job, or even someone who had received a devastating diagnosis. No, this was a woman in her 50s who felt as though she had already experienced all the nice things in life that were going to happen to her, and she had nothing to look forward to. In other words, she sounded bored. What Naomi wouldn't do to trade places with this woman. Many of us here, not all of us, many of us here would trade places with a woman in her 50s who had her health her marriage, her children doing well in college and no financial obligations. This isn't Naomi's story, and it's probably not yours either. Naomi was in a foreign land as a widow, which is sad, but was bearable because she had two sons and their wives to care for her. But then the unthinkable happened. Both of her sons died. Some commentators call Naomi a female Job. Widows, along with orphans and immigrants, were among the most vulnerable people in the Bible. It was a man's world. Like kids today, women were minors in the court of law. Women were also the property of men, fathers or husbands or sons. So women generally weren't allowed to own property or to conduct business. They weren't considered capable of that since their education was typically limited to household matters such as cooking, sewing, and hauling water. Which meant that widows with no one to look after them often became destitute. Some begged on street corners, others turned to prostitution. Through no fault of her own, Naomi found herself in this situation. Can you imagine how Naomi felt? Hopeless, empty, and scared, I'm sure. But that quickly gave way to bitterness and anger. She shook her angry fist at God because her life had become this big trick with no treat in sight. Regardless of your age, I wonder if you can recall moments or seasons in your life where you have felt some of what Naomi felt. Those times when we ask the question, who am I, when I am no longer who and what I was? I can. And let me tell you, there is no quick fix or religious platitudes or fancy prayer that can make it all go away. But I can also tell you that God provides a way. Because God created us for shalom, for flourishing, for life abundant in God's good creation. In unpredictable ways, God can restore you, fill you, and give you hope. In Naomi's story, God provided Ruth. Ruth and Orpah, 
the daughters-in-law of the old widow Naomi found themselves at one of life's crossroads, which they did not choose and for which they were unprepared. Naomi encouraged them to go back to their childhood homes so that they could be among their people and find new husbands. Whatever path they chose would be life-altering for these young women. Life is made up of a series of defining moments, moments of loss, change, transformation, relationship, and survival. The way we deal with each of these moments determines who and what we really are, who and what we are intended to be, who and what we become both spiritually and socially. In an old Tamulic tale, a young fugitive was trying to hide himself from the enemy. The people from the small village were kind to him, and they offered him a place to stay. But when the soldiers came looking for the fugitive, they threatened to burn the village and to kill every person in it, unless the young man was handed over to them before dawn. The rabbi withdrew to his room to read his Bible, hoping to find an answer for this grave situation. In the early morning, he read these words, It is better that one man dies than that the whole people be lost. The rabbi closed his Bible and then told the soldier where the boy was hidden. After the soldier led the fugitive away to be killed, there was a feast in the village because the rabbi had saved the lives of the people. But the rabbi did not celebrate. Overcome with a deep sadness, he remained in his room. That night, an angel came to him and asked, What have you done? He said, I handed over the fugitive to the enemy. The angel replied, But don't you know? Don't you know you have just handed over the Messiah? In anguish, the rabbi said, How could I know? Then the angel said, If. Instead of reading your Bible, you had visited this young man just once and looked into his eyes, you would have known. Perhaps Ruth saw the face of, Naomi, the face of God in Naomi because a daughter-in-law was neither legally required nor customarily expected to remain with the mother of her deceased husband. Furthermore, Moabites in the Jewish city of Bethlehem, when they are there, race and religion would marginalize these young women forever. Orpah actually did the sensible thing to go back home. Ruth's declaration of solidarity with Naomi must be understood as an act of hesed. Ruth said, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. And then Ruth swore an oath with these words, May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well if even death parts me from you. The Hebrew word hesed is often expressed as loving-kindness, covenant faithfulness, or steadfast love, but it is so much more. Hesed has been called the defining characteristic of God. Michael Card defines Hesed this way, 
when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. And he goes on to tell this story. I want to tell you about the night I killed Ted Morris. These were the haunting words spoken by Tommy Pagage in his court-mandated appearance at the Mothers Against Drunk Drivers meeting. Standing in the back of the gym was Elizabeth Morris, Ted's grieving mother. In time, she would find it in herself not simply to forgive, but to unofficially adopt the young man who had collided with her son while driving drunk on Christmas Eve. Her husband Frank, a part-time preacher and a driver for UPS, would baptize Tommy with his own hands. Years later, Tommy still called his new parents every day between 4 and 5 p.m. Though Tommy had no right to expect anything from them, Ted's parents opened the door of their life to Tommy. In the process, everything changed. God's hesed will redeem us in ways we cannot imagine. Hesed is frequently used to describe God's acts of unmerited grace and mercy, like how he sent his only son to redeem the world. But humans are able to do a version of it too. It's like the women's college softball playoff game where Sarah Tikolsky of Western Oregon University hit the first home run of her collegiate career. It was a three-run homer over center field. As she rounded the base, she missed the bag, and when she turned back to tag it, she collapsed with a knee injury. She crawled back to first base, but that was all she could do. The first base coach said that she would be called out if her teammates helped her. The umpire added that a pinch runner can be sent in, but then it's only going to be count, the home run would only count as a single. That was when the members of the opposing team, Central Washington University, did the unthinkable. The first baseman and the shortstop put their arms under Tukolsky's legs, and they carried her around the bases, stopping to let Tukolsky touch each base with her uninjured leg. The rules said nothing about the opposing team doing an act of kindness. The three-run homer now counted, which contributed to the elimination of Central Washington from the playoffs. Above and beyond kindness, Hesed. So, in effect, Ruth looked into Naomi's eyes and saw the face of God, the one we would go above and beyond to forgive and to love, the one we would carry around the bases, the neighbor we are called to love as ourselves. Now, I think I would do a disservice to God and to each of us if I characterize Hesed as something so grandiose, so difficult to attain that we never even try. My heart would be well if we all left here encouraged to do simple kindness to one another and for our neighbors, always open, of course, for God to empower us to do more. Simple kindness, like lasagna love. A friend of mine from this service has actually done this. She told me about this organization that is connecting neighbors with neighbors through homemade meal delivery. 
In the process, they also seek to eliminate the stigma associated with asking for help when it is most needed. This grassroots organization does more than feed families. It spreads kindness and strengthens communities. Their mission helps address the incredible rise in food insecurity among, among families. And it also provides a simple act of love and kindness during a time full of uncertainty and stress. Naomi and Ruth's lives were stressful and uncertain. They have both experienced great loss, and yet loss, once reckoned, once absorbed, once grieved, can be a precious gift. No, I cannot be what I was before, but I can be, I must be something new. Somehow, because of this loss, I am better able to love the Lord our God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. There is now more of God in me. I discover in emptiness more than I have ever known in what I once took to be fullness. The truth of loss is a freeing one, realizing, of course, it takes time to see the hand of God in the depths of darkness. All loss is the grave of something we loved, this person, this path, this place, that then calls forth the resurrection of self. God's hesed will redeem us in ways we cannot imagine. Because we live in a world that is filled with tricks and treats, I was encouraged by a poem I read called Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Years ago, Naomi and her husband were on their honeymoon in South America where they had planned to travel for three months at the end of their first week, they had the traumatic experience of being robbed and witnessing the murder of an Indian on their bus. Without passports or money, they were unsure of where to go or even who to talk to. In this desperate time, a man approached them and was simply kind. Seeing their distress, he asked in Spanish, what happened to you? They tried to tell him, and he listened to them, and he looked so sad. He said to them again in Spanish, I'm very sorry. Lo siento mucho. I'm very, very sorry that happened. And then he went on his way. Naomi's husband left to hitchhike to a larger city to see about getting their traveler's checks reinstated, and she sat down in a little plaza all alone while waiting the poem called Kindness came to her. You can follow along on the screen, of course, but there is a printout as you leave today if you would like a copy of it to take with you. And it goes like this. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. 
How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. Perhaps our scripture passage today has reminded us how we are sometimes like Naomi and how we ought to be like Ruth. But most of all, I hope we remember that God's hesed will redeem us all in ways we cannot imagine. And sometimes God uses us to be the hesed for someone else. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we are so grateful that you pour your love and your grace and your mercy onto us, that somehow through that love, we are able to give just bits of it to other people that we encounter. We are grateful, Lord, to be in this community, to be together, to worship you, to praise you, to be encouraged and empowered to leave this place proud to be your children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never let go, never leave my side. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I'm holding on. I I am holding on to you. 
have another baby any moment so let's be praying for Justin and his wife over these probably this week you think yeah. <laughs> well my hope and my prayer is that it's this week and that God's has said comes to us and then through us and now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.